Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tidewad Tech, Episode 12, Google Apps Part 1, for the week of September 16th, 2010. This will be the first in a four-part series of episodes dedicated to Google Apps for Education. In this episode, we'll discuss the basic features and capabilities of Google Apps, as well as address some of the most common misgivings about its use. We say this is going to be a four-part series. That's sort of what we have lined out. Right. It may be more. It may be less. We'll just see what happens. But don't worry out there. If you're not a Google Apps user and don't want to be a Google Apps user, we're not going to put all four of those back-to-back-to-back. We're going to spread these out over a while, and then we'll still have our .5 episodes interspersed in there. So it may be two, three, four weeks between episodes um, as we uh, – contact uh, experts on the field and gather research and, and, and try to do our due diligence. It's not just going to be us uh, rambling off the top of our heads for four episodes. Yeah, we don't want to throw anything together, uh, just, you know, spur of the moment. Right. Um, but in the meantime, I just wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Google Apps has uh, a different three different levels. Uh, there's Google Apps... Um, just the standard. There's Google Apps Premier, and then there's Google Apps for Education. Um, and if you just heard that big boom, I don't know if you heard it through the mic. But, I don't think uh, that was loud enough. There is a uh, big old East Texas thunderstorm uh, careening down on us as we speak. The radar is pretty well lit up with the uh, orange and red stuff. So uh, if you hear some some rumbles and thuds, that's what that is. And uh, if we happen to cut out unexpectedly on the live stream, uh, we probably lost power or lost internet or both. Right, right. Uh, so anyway, uh, yeah, Google Apps uh, for domains, uh, the way that works is you have to have your own domain. Um, it's similar to the regular Google um, accounts. So you've got your Google Docs and your Gmail and all that sort of stuff. But Google Apps adds some functionality on top of that, specifically for domain owners. Now, I have the free Google Apps for domains for my family's personal website. We run our mail through it and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, it's uh, the free version. And that, I think you get... Um, 10 users free? I don't remember right. what it is. It's a relatively small number, but plenty for a, for, um, a family, family yeah. or a small company. Uh, and then you can step up to Premier, and that gives you a few extra uh, bells and whistles, and it's, uh, I think, $50 per user per, account, uh, per year. Um, is the way they do that. But if you're in education, you go through and you sign up uh, at, at their website for Google Apps for Education account, and you get the premier features at no cost for as many users as you want. You simply tell them how many users that you want. You tell them 300, 500, 2,000, whatever, um, and they provision that. And at any point in time, you can go back and, and add more to it. Um, and so that's a, a brief overview of, of Google Apps for Domains. I do want to mention uh, just right from the start that this is the first time ever that the uh, Taiwad Tech is uh, broadcasting live as we uh, as we record our podcast. Um, of course, if you're listening to it recorded, that means nothing to you now. Uh, but <laughs> our intention is in the in the future, uh, whenever possible, to be able to to uh, live stream as we go. We'll. Uh, We'll tweet out, uh, put on Twitter and our Facebook, uh, uh, let you know when it's going to happen. And uh, I've added a live stream tab to our webpage um, that it's just a Ustream upload. And uh, so it'll be right there on our website at thetightwadtech.com. You'll be able to hop in there. We'll also be watching the chat room. Uh, and so if you want to hop on and uh, 
and give us some feedback while we go. Uh, we'll be watching it. We'll see how this goes. Uh, quite frankly, I'm not sure that uh, Sean and I are up to the task. We, we, we may not be have enough gray matter to, uh, to concentrate on that many things at once, but uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. But, you know, it's it's if you're really into the show, it's kind of like we every now and then tune into Leo live and it's interesting to kind of gain that little bit of perspective or uh, maybe if you're interested in doing a podcast on your own, uh, that'll give you some idea of what we're actually doing off air. Uh, right. How we make some some of the stuff up and how we do things out of order and and some of the editing. So uh, yeah, right. if, if you're listening live, which nobody is because I can see right now in the uh, stats, <laughs> but assuming later at some point some of you might be listening live, um, you'll see uh, that we're not as together as as I try to make it sound like we are uh, after we've edited everything. Sometimes we do, actually, usually we do the opener after the interview and 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 then we do sometimes the closing before and and we piece it all together yeah this kind of actually feels funny because we're actually doing the opening when it first. should be first right. right which is not usual for us and uh today we'll be joined by uh, a couple of friends of ours uh who are um as close to experts um, on the subject of Google Apps uh, as as we could find, I'll put it that way. Uh, in the education realm, in, in as, the education as a user, realm. yeah, they've uh, they've been using it. In fact, they're they're the ones who talked us into it. They've been using Google Apps at their school for a couple of years now. Uh, we have Mike Grass and Scott Floyd, both from uh, White Oak ISD. I'll just let you guys introduce yourselves to the audience. Uh, Mike, tell us a little bit about uh, about you and your. Uh, experience in the field of education uh, give us a, a quick uh, resume so our audience knows who we're talking about well i'm generally not known for doing anything quick but i'll i'll try since <laughs> it's your show uh, i have uh, i taught science uh, many many years ago a lifetime ago for uh, two years in houston independent school district science in texas history i'm currently the uh uh, director of Technology, or actually I saw my official title today on paper, I'm the other thing. The other thing? The coordinator. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, technology coordinator? Coordinator, which is, actually, yeah, which is actually the role I prefer. I mean, that's the role that I, I think of myself in no matter what. Uh, been there for 10 years. Uh, I am also the uh, director of technology for the SuperNet Consortium of Schools for the online virtual school. Okay. Uh, uh, That's pretty much it. As people may not know, um, Texas has a, a, a relatively robust uh, virtual school system, and and you guys are sort of pioneers in that, right? You've been doing it a while, haven't you? We have. Uh, we actually uh, were doing it when the first Texas Virtual School Network organization uh, meetings began. Yeah, so you were already doing it while other people were talking about it. That's correct. We, we were doing it, not talking about it. Our first courses were physical education and, uh, as I recall, geography. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah right. now we have uh, 21 courses. I think there's uh, 12 or so of them that are taught across the state. And uh, we've served many thousands of students. Very cool. And we also have, as part of that, the only online Final Cut Studio certification course in the nation. Say that again. We have the only online Final Cut Studio certification course in the United States. So Final Cut Studio, the Mac video editing software, 
there is one place in the wor- in the in the country where you can go to learn about it online and uh, from an uh, accredited institution, and it's you. That's pretty for cool. high school students. And yes, absolutely, we're the the first to try it. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. I think, Chris, I think there are two that started. I think Birdville now has one, uh, or at least has started one up uh, here in Texas. I, I think there are a couple of others that are making a stab at it, but we're certainly first to offer certification to students. All right. Yeah, they have the course. I think we're the only one that has it online, though. Yeah, like I said, I, I believe that Birdville has started one, but I'm not 100% sure on that. Gotcha. Well, uh, before we get ahead of ourselves, let's uh, have Scott jump in there and uh, uh, introduce yourself, Scott. Sure. I'm Scott Floyd. I'm the instructional technologist for White Oak Independent School District. Um, After spending a little over a decade in the classroom, I moved to the administration building to be able to help facilitate more integration into uh, the classroom. So hopefully at some point we can quit calling it tech integration um, so that way it just becomes a seamless part of the instruction. We just call so it teaching. My job, yes, exactly. That'd be a great thing. Just call it teaching for once. I mean, we don't talk about chalk integration anymore. So <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm hopeful that, uh, we get to that point sooner rather than later, but our teachers are doing a lot of awfully innovative things, uh, being very open to some of the things that, um, that we're offering them to try out. So I get to go work. I still get to go teach students. Um, sometimes it's while I'm teaching the teacher, but it's at their request. But I'm always working with teachers and uh, before school, after school, all through the weekend and everything else, thanks to 24-7 connectivity. All right. So it's my job to help them find solutions for what they want to accomplish with the students. So I'm looking at uh, at my Skype uh, screen here, and I've got both of you guys. It says Scott Floyd and Mike Grass, and they both have M.ED beside you, and I just think all I have is a BS. Uh, so you guys, you guys are the masters of education, and I'm just full of BS. That uh, somehow that seems appropriate. This the part that's going to be edited out. <laughs> no, I think that's yeah. probably yeah, about. We, uh, we can leave that in. Yeah, that's pretty appropriate, right there. <laughs> the masters of education and the BS. That's that. Welcome to the show, guys. That's right. what we are. Right. Appreciate it. Um, so uh, let's just. Uh, we have some notes that we've put together and of course uh we want you guys to uh jump in there at, at, at any point uh, i gave earlier a brief introduction to what uh google apps is specifically google apps for domains i think most people are familiar with google docs and gmail at least in roundabout sort of ways um and then Google Apps uh, adds on some enterprise uh, issues there, like connectivity with Active Directory and things like that. And uh, and it's a it's basically the Google Apps Premier package that schools can get for free under the name Google Apps for Education. Does that sound like a pretty good description? Real good. Absolutely. And, uh, and when we were, uh, first looking into this, uh, you know, I also mentioned earlier in the show that, uh, that you guys were instrumental in convincing my district and me personally, uh, to use, uh, Google Apps, uh, for education. And, and I had some questions and I know that people listening who are, who are considering the thing have these same kind of questions. So we're going to ask you these questions and we're going to talk them out together. And we're going to start with, is my data safe? Everybody seems to be concerned about the, uh, the, um, security of their their 
documents, their internal emails, their their things like that. And when you start outsourcing things and take them off of your own servers and put them in Google's data center, that's always the first question people ask. Is it safe? And then the next question is, is it truly private? And those two seem to go together. Um, so I'd like for you guys to talk a little bit about your decision-making process uh, when you were looking at this a few years ago. And how did you um, come to the answer to those two questions? Well, I don't think there was any decision to it. I'll let uh, Scott tell how it happened, but I did want to make a couple of comments on based on what you said. Uh, first off, I don't want to leave anybody with the impression that we're on a crusade to do uh, Google Docs or Google Educate, Google Mail for your domain or anything like that. It is a great solution. I believe it's the best, most secure on earth. I have some uh, other things that I like about it that I'm sure we'll get to it, but it's not that we are out there pushing it. It just seems that it's so comfortable of a solution that we're willing to share. And I think your district was just receptive to it. All right. But Scott can tell a story about how we had to do this in overnight. Well, that's one of my crowning achievements that Mark has actually done something that um, we've requested or we suggested. So <laughs> you talked well, me into it. I had one. Too. Yeah. Well, you guys, <laughs> uh, I, I can't remember who. I, I think it was Mike, maybe. Uh, might have been Scott or maybe both that did the uh, the presentation at SauceCon, the first SauceCon. Right, it was uh, Scott. Yeah, that that was uh, that was a great presentation. Well, thank you. Yeah, I could tell you how we got into it, um, and I'm not gonna mention names because I don't want to bash anybody. Since I know this is like a a worldwide, maybe interstellar podcast. <laughs> so, but, what I do know is that. We had issues every single day, multiple times, with our internet going down. And I mean, with our, not our internet, I'm sorry, with our email going down. And what happened was the superintendent got tired of multiple times. And he came in our office and he said, I don't care what you do, but I want off this email system and a new one going by tomorrow. So I ended up uh, researching lots of available options, including from Jane server. Um, hosting one in-house instead of using the uh, the provider that we were using. Uh, looked at what Yahoo had to offer and Google had to offer and Gaggle and, you know, the ePals and all of them. And it boiled down to the fact that what Google had in the Google Apps package was so robust, it was hard to believe it was free. And that continues to be the number one reply I get after I present. People send me emails saying, is it still free? Are you sure it's completely free? So, anyway, we... I went to the superintendent, told him that was the best option I had found. Um, he told me to do it within the administration building for a month, get things set up, try it out. I don't think we had it running a week. He was back in our office, and he said, I want it district-wide. And uh, the rest is history. Once the teachers start finding out how they can embed things in their blogs, I'm sitting here looking at an email now from one of my teachers at the high school um, asking me to come show her how to, she was wanting to create multiple calendars inside there so she could put them on multiple blogs, one for each of her classes. Uh, so once they find out that stuff, they just start putting more and more content out there. And what that's done is add to the transparency of our district. So that's really the, the most beneficial thing we got. At this point, we pay money for it. I mean, that's how beneficial it is for us. Now, are you using it uh, specifically for staff uh, or for students and staff? I have two separate accounts. Um, the WISD.net account is for staff, and then we created one for WOStudent.net because I wanted to be able to um, control them differently. 
uh, as issues come up, um, knowing what I can and can't do with students uh, without having to turn off the staff. But under the one of the latest updates that Google did, they allow you to pull multiple domains and control them inside of one dashboard. I don't plan to do that, but they have it that way now. Right. We Yeah, that was uh, just before school started this year. I think yeah. uh, late July they rolled that out. Absolutely. Uh, and, and on top of that, and that may be something we're going to talk about later, but um, they've sent out an email that the earlier adopters of Google Apps for Education uh, will be receiving notice that they're going to give us first shot at opening up all those apps. So giving YouTube logins and blogger logins and Google Reader, and we can activate all those within the dashboard so all of our, our users can have those. Yeah, it's supposed to be all Google services by the end of the year was what I had heard. Uh, so that that would right. be pretty and, neat. Right, and they're going to start it with the earlier adopters first, I'm assuming just because they know they're more patient as far as think, you know, having had so many things change since the beginning. They just figure they're a better, uh, better beta group to start with, but really doesn't matter. All it is is a matter of going in and activating it, and everybody takes off with it. All right. Uh, so, uh, Mike, you said you think it is the most secure uh, email solution on the planet, I think were your words. Uh, talk about that. What, what, why do you think that? Well, I would say, how would you prove the contrary? I'm a, I use email from a lot of different sources, and I'm sure you do. A lot of, a lot of tech guys are always playing in other people's email. I probably have a dozen accounts out there. But the, the one I think we should focus on uh, is in-house versus out-of-house, I guess. is Everyone thinks because it's over at Google that they're going to sell your name to some advertiser and you're going to get advertisements or well, who knows what, that people are going to get in there and find your stuff. Uh, I'd like to sort of present a... a a comparison that is not only about mail. School websites are the most hacked websites as a community on earth. They're typically hacked by foreign nations and they're typically set up as relays for things to happen should they desire to use those servers later. And I dare say there are quite a few in the U.S. that are set up that have already been hacked. And once it's hacked, you can never be sure unless you do a complete reinstall of your network, as I'm sure you're well aware. Mm-hmm. If you have your mail inside these networks, not that anyone is really interested in teacher mail. I mean, the idea of, of security for the the, the uh, emails that professional teachers send to each other is kind of, a, I won't say it's laughable, but it's certainly not something that a hacker in China is going to be interested in sitting down and reading like he would many other companies' mails. But as far as the security go. How secure is anything in a school network with the staff turnover we typically have? A lot of time, techs come in from school pretty fresh. They take a low-paying job with the school district. They learn a whole bunch of stuff, and they leave. And as often as not, it's kind of like superintendents. A lot of times, they leave under unfavorable circumstances. That alone is a tremendous security risk to any sensitive data you have on your network. I am a technical director of my network. I cannot see social security numbers of teachers. I dare say there's not another one like that in the state of Texas, that every network where we have a director's controlling the situation can see personal information about every teacher. I think that outsourcing stuff, putting it in the hands of professionals that have their have a vested interest, that their survival depends on keeping data secure, is much more responsible in handing off sensitive data to uh, I'll say the typical technician that now exists in the school district. 
I'll go that far. Okay. And um, and let's talk about the privacy issue of it. Uh, uh, often, I think the this complaint comes <laughs> okay. from f- from more from the uh, from those who don't understand the idea of of uh, uh, bots of machine uh, machine learning and machines doing things. When you're using Gmail um, specifically, uh, as far as I know, Gmail is the only component that has any ads of any kind in it, uh, and and they're the the typical you know Google text ads. And if you're sending an email about the uh, you know Italian restaurant you went last night, the Google artificial intelligence is going to see that and offer you ads about Italian food. And I think a lot of people see that and are scared and they think Google is reading my mail. And that's technically true, but actually that's probably happening JavaScript on the client side and it's just sending back, hey, here's a, a good ad to feed them. Uh, there, there's no human sitting at Google reading your mail. It's it's all done electronically. So, you know, when you talk about the privacy in that respect, um, it's, you know, it's how scared are you of a machine? You know, if, if you're that scared, you shouldn't be typing it in an email, right? That's kind of the way I look at it. What, what's your take on that? Well, that's that is actually an excellent explanation of what's going on there, and I'll mention that under the, the domain, uh, we can just turn that off. Uh, the individual teachers can turn that feature on and off. You don't have to see the ads. Personally, I leave it on because it's like having someone out there look around for things that are of interest to me. I couldn't afford to have a human being do that, and Google does that for me for free. So I, I see that as a service, but with a one click, you can turn it off. I will confess to there have been a couple of times that I've actually clicked on an ad because I'm sending an email and something pops up and I think, oh, I'm actually interested in that. And I'll right. click on the ad. Well, so I in, do it all the time. Yeah, in that case, I they're do sort the of doing a service to you. The, yes. And like I say, I click on ads all the time. In fact, I, I try to make a point of it if something interests me. And particularly if I'm reading my mail at home, I don't spend too much time at work doing that. But because that helps support the people that are providing me with the service. So I, I consider it a tiny gesture for a wonderful service that they provide. And by default, that's off on our school district now. Okay. Yeah, I had to turn it on. Um, I, I haven't found that. It maybe it's because we have a, a different type of account. I haven't found the place where I can turn off ads. Yeah, I hadn't even seen that. Well, if you have Google Apps for Education, it's in there. I'll see if I can find it and shoot you the, the location of it. I, like, I don't mind them, but I hadn't. Maybe that's why I've never bothered to look for the turn off ads button because I don't but, care. But the you said the individual exactly. users can turn that off for themselves as well. I've never yes. gone to look to turn it back on, but apparently Michael did found it. Huh, interesting. Okay, well, um, let's talk about uh, why you would do um, Google Apps. Uh, so essentially, I guess this question is uh, what Mike alluded to earlier, in-house versus out-of-house. Uh, why would you do Google Apps as opposed to a hosted exchange or SharePoint where you can get much the same functionality? I'm sorry. Did you say SharePoint? Yes. Did you say SharePoint? I, I did. <laughs> I don't even know why you would ask that question. Okay. <laughs> well, assuming it's hosted and you're not the one uh, running it, uh, that's just the thing that the that's the only other thing out there commercially viable that has the sharing of documents and and collaboration and that sort of thing. So that's why I said SharePoint, not because I like it. Kind yeah, of a redundant question, really. Yeah, commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Commercially viable. Right. And so, you know, I think the question is obvious. Um, and I'm going to say it. The name of the show is the tightwad tech. 
right? <laughs> and Microsoft and Tightwad seldom go together in any way. Yeah, we're fishing for specific <laughs> answers. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I repeat, why, why SharePoint? <laughs> How did that even get in the show? <laughs> uh, but Google Apps is, you know, a free service. And even if you uh, choose to pay for the, the paid service, it's not expensive, uh, not as expensive as a hosted exchange or, or, or that sort of the, that which shall not be mentioned, uh, service. Um, and let's talk about the features, the functionality that you get, uh, from those, from Google Apps. So if somebody has never heard of Google Apps, doesn't know what we're talking about, what do you get when you get a Google Apps for domains? We've already mentioned Gmail. What else do you get? Okay. Well, I'll take that one. Um, on top of Gmail, you get Google calendars and those are unlimited. And on top of that, your email accounts are actually unlimited because for every user you set up, they create their own accounts within there using the, the Gmail plus trick, which means, for instance, mine is at floyds at woisd.net. Well, there's, they, all you have to do is do floyds plus whatever at woisd.net and everything between the plus and the at sign still shows up in your normal uh, default email inbox. And that's great for teachers because if they go to a site they want to use with their kids, but it requires each kid to have an account and each kid has to have their own email, then and typically those kids don't have the email accounts. So that gives them the chance to just use their school email and all those confirmation emails will just show up in their inbox and they can hit confirm and move on because most of those companies do not see, uh, they see that at each one of those when they put the plus whatever in there, those are uh, different email addresses to them. So that's a huge benefit. Well, then you have all the calendars you want, um, and you can share all of those. We have um, Google Docs. Well, inside of Google Docs, you get spreadsheets, word processing, presentation, which although it's it's not as robust as many of them that are out there, it still does the job for what our teachers want to do on their blogs. Um, they added a drawing program in there, and then they added the forms program in there, which allows you to create surveys and get all the, the results from the survey fed back into a shared spreadsheet if you want to share that with anybody. Well, now there are teachers out there who have found a way to use the spreadsheet that it, that it feeds the answers back into. They put their quizzes online, and they put formulas inside the spreadsheet so it automatically grades the the quiz that they give their, their kids. So when it comes back to it, the, they can just print it out, and all the grades are already there. Yeah, I've so seen some templates for that uh, in the past. It, that is a it's a cool hack uh, uh, where you can basically have Google grade your your homework for you. Right, and then um, they have Google Sites, which I'll be honest, our teachers don't use a lot, but that's because we have a lot of uh, WordPress blogs in our district, and they find the functionality of that to be very easy and and way more robust than what they would want. So they can turn it into a website instead of just a blog. Let me inter- interrupt uh, you for just a second on that one. Um, at our district, yeah. we, we also have uh, WordPress uh, set up, WordPress MU, and, and the option for people to have as many blogs as they want, and Google Sites. And our people are crazy about Google Sites. Yeah, they jumped all so over it, that. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's whatever, you, whatever you like, I guess. But uh, uh, just to, to yeah. not gloss over that, Google Sites gives every user the ability to create – uh, as far as I know, an unlimited number of web pages that's under their account that they can publish in, in whatever way they see fit. That's part of your domain. So y'all, that, have, y'all, have done an, I'm sorry, y'all have done an excellent job with that. And I would recommend anyone go to your site and look at that. That's, that's about the best I've seen. I will say that Supernet's following your example and will be moving uh, 
to the Google website uh, shortly. Wow, that's very cool. Well, and what, created, we just have one thing uh, that the teachers really jumped on and we showed them early on was that uh, the Google Sites has a classroom template. So they jumped all over that particular template, which was really designed for that specific type of use. And uh, we we just had to show it to them. And then they've been running with it. And now teachers are telling teachers and our Google Sites just keep you know going up every right. week. And the, the cool thing about that for those who are uh, control freaks is that's all part of my Google dashboard, right? As the administrator of it, I can turn on or off a page. I can, I can make it public or private. Uh, so if somebody gets out of hand, uh, we have that control. And that's a big issue in boardrooms all across the, the country, uh, where, where superintendents and school boards get together. And it always comes down to who's in control of this. And so with Google sites, you have the Google data centers, you know, worldwide data centers supporting something that you have full control over. And that, to me, is a pretty big selling point. Oh, absolutely. And I, I can argue I have the same control in WordPress and you, which I do, but that sounds like maybe that's another episode for us because our teachers found themes in that that they just loved and they could add widgets that they like. And it's, it, like you say, it's, it's whatever fits their personality, whatever fits their need. And Google Sites does just as well as far as embedding and stuff. They're going to find it just as easy to work with absolutely yeah i don't disagree with you yeah, i yeah. would i would have chosen wordpress over google sites but that's not the way our teachers chose to yeah the it. adoption rate for us given both choices uh they jumped on google sites for for whatever reason yeah and maybe it's the, the word google talk about control adoption rate uh no one at our at our school has seen everyone's web pages now, you do have control in the sense that you can react. If something, you know, untoward happens or something needs to be changed, you can react. But it's so dynamic, and I assume your school is the same way because I see so much stuff happening there. It's so dynamic that control really means uh, to react. It doesn't mean to, you know, sort of push things in any given direction. That's right. Yeah, and, and as the administrator of our WordPress system, um, I, I have the RSS feed for every blog all in one, uh, just to the whole domain. So I, I know where everything, whatever everybody's posting, it shows up my feed reader and I get a chance to see it. I'm not doing it just to, uh, to monitor as far as making sure they're doing the right thing. I'm doing it to see what they're talking about and what their needs are and what's going on out there as much as anything else. It's, it's fun to read. Absolutely. Sure. Some of the other things though in, in the Google Apps, uh, system that we use, uh, other than sites, I have contacts turned on, right. which is a really cool way of, instead of, when we first started with this, they didn't have contacts. It's actually, it says it's still in beta, but it's, it's very, very functional. We haven't had any problems with it. But every time I add a new user, I just leave that box checked and it automatically adds them to everybody's contacts list. So I don't have to send the file, the CSV file around and tell everybody here, upload this to, so you have all the contacts from the district. Yeah, we had a, a situation where uh, we were doing a training on this, and and we were talking about sharing documents. Uh, and a teacher said, "Well, what if I want to share it with uh, like all of my freshmen?" And and I said, "Well, just start typing a kid's name. What's his What's his first name?" And she typed like the first two letters, and there where was there was the kid. And so yeah, that's a that's a pretty awesome feature where you have everybody's access um, at at your fingertips. Uh, you know their information. You you can contact them without having to memorize anything. Well, and I can tell you, too, even it, and a lot of people don't understand this. They, they think Google Apps and, oh, my gosh, I don't want my kids on Gmail. You can actually turn 
the email part off and leave all the, the apps part, the calendar, the docs, all the other stuff running, as long as you leave contacts active as an, uh, an activated app, the same thing will happen. When they go to share it, you just start typing their name and it pops up. They don't have to receive an email that says, hey, this has been shared with you because they're already in the list and it'll just show up on their documents list or their calendar list or wherever, whatever you're sharing with them. Right. So, cause there are a lot of districts that are using Gaggle and they're very happy with Gaggle and, you know, why change from it if, if you don't need to? This just adds more functionality. Uh, the other thing that I have activated in ours is Aviary and our teachers really haven't found it yet, even though it's there because we've got so many apps now, it's under the more feature. But at the end of last year, it was one of those that they offered for free through the um, services marketplace and I added it, but it gives them uh, a full blown suite of uh, photo editing and, and image editing. So they have that in there. And then when by Christmas, and I expect really in the next month or so for us, they'll have Blogger. And I probably won't activate Blogger just because we have WordPress and it does so well for us. But we'll, they'll also have automatic YouTube accounts because their login will work there, which will be great. Um, I actually, that'll be really handy for us. They don't have to do it by campus or whatever their concerns are there. Um, and then Google Reader because Google Reader is the, the best professional development um, any staff member that really wants to be a lifetime learner, that's the best tool to use. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that coming to Google Apps because right now I have a my Google account with Google Reader and and those other things that I can't get to in Google Apps yet. So I'm, I'm maintaining two accounts, and uh, and because of that um, intricacy, I haven't even mentioned these other tools to our teachers in turn in in any training sort of way. I'm waiting until it's all just there under one hat, and then yeah, I think you're right. They're going to be right. pretty excited once they see the power of the web coming to them. And those that are already doing it can just export their their feeds right. and just upload that new file inside of their apps account, and they're good to go. So those are uh, that's the feature list of of Google Apps and you know the things that that you have. And there's there's a lot of other stuff out there. There's a, a whole Google Marketplace where you can uh, get free and paid for content. Uh, and uh, we're going to cover some of those in a, in another episode. This is the first of a, a four part series of episodes, and we're going to cover those plugins and those additional things in another episode. But we've already done podcasts on Aviary. We've mentioned it in right. two previous podcasts. That's a that's that's an awesome tool, uh, and the fact that it just uh, seamlessly links with your Google Apps and, and is stored right there with your uh, Google uh, goodies is is really a pretty neat thing. I just wanted to Absolutely. talk about uh, one of the things I saw, and we're going to try to get uh, this teacher to come in in a, in a later episode. But uh, one of our English teachers, uh, I happened to be uh, looking in, and you know, and having. The being an administrator, all things are shared with you automatically, so you can always see all the documents. And I happened to to stumble on a an English document, and there were at one point there were twelve kids collaborating on this document, uh, uh, talking. I is reading the document. It looked like it was they were having a book discussion or something like that, and they were answering each other's questions and redirecting each other. And each one, of course, had their own highlighting as as Google does it. So and it was all happening in real time. And I sent that teacher. A little a pop up message to her computer and said you you were awesome that this is a a really cool thing and she wrote back well we've actually got six other students doing a live discussion in front of the room and this is the back channel conversation for that live discussion and I was just blown away by that use of this powerful tool. Well, and this is a Absolutely. teacher that had previously, I mean, in the past before uh, I don't know the last nine months or so was really uh, put off by technology. And now she's here doing these, you know, just super creative things with it. 
so it's pretty amazing to see. Nothing make you feel. Nothing will make you feel better than a convert. There, that's great. Those are great stories. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I'm kind of curious, and this gets at, uh, I guess, uh, how you see it being used. And I know when we first adopted it, uh, you know, you've got that kind of paradigm that you're stuck with uh, as far as using folders. Right. And so I want to touch on that because it took me a couple of weeks to realize that I was spending more time trying to manage my folders in Google Docs than, uh, you know, it was just a huge waste of time. It took, it took a while for my mind to really wrap around that and, and get used to that. And, uh, now that we've got this rolled out in our district, I see teachers not really, uh, ready to let go of that as well. And I'm curious, uh, you guys have had it out there a lot longer. Uh, have you seen teachers migrate away from using folders? Uh, or are they still using folders? We've got teachers right now that are setting up folders for each class. And, uh, but with Google search capabilities, it seems that that's not really, uh, necessary. Are you talking about the mail or the doc side? Oh uh, yeah, both really. Well, you know, in the, um, I, I've used a few uh, folders inside the doc side. I don't see any of our staff doing that. I only do it because of different groups that I work with. It just makes it a little bit easier. Um, but on the mail side, yeah, they gripe to begin with. You know, how do I drag? I don't like all this stuff on the screen, so we had to teach them what archiving was about. But once they figured out labels and they listened to me talk to them about the fact that, you know, the search in the Internet is – a unique thing. You know, Google's doing a great job uh, making that easier, but really, when you're trying to find something specific, tagging is the best way to locate your information. And when I told them, really, if you look at it as tagging those things with keywords, and then you can put more than one tag on there if you want. And that's how I taught them when we were doing our delicious bookmarks. Then it kind of made more sense to them, and they adopted that strategy, and they went on. Now, on mine, I don't know, I probably have about, I don't know, 50 different labels and I go to some teachers and I'll see a hundred of them running down the side of their, their page. And that's just the way they like it. They've got them all colored coded, different colors. And, and, but they really have adopted that pretty easily. It was just one of those things, you know, Google allows more uh, ability to organize now than what they did four years ago, but they just bought into what it was because that was the only option that was there. And they, they haven't cracked about it since. One of the first things that, uh, in my experience, that people say when they uh, get into uh, Google Docs and Google Mail both is they'll say this is cluttered. And, and if they're the 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 um, you know retentive folder, type of person, people. if they're the kind of person who wants a clean, neat desk and a and a and a, and a well organized file cabinet, uh, it is somewhat disconcerting to see all your stuff right there in your inbox or right there in your all documents folder. But once you uh, unleash the power of search and know that, uh, for example, in Gmail, uh, you know every every subject line, every word in the uh, uh, in the body, every t- from, every to, every header, every chat conversation you've had is all right there and searchable uh, using Google search algorithm that made them famous. Um, it really makes uh, finding information, instead of ferreting it away so you know where it is, you don't have to care where it is. Google will find it for you right there uh, in your own mailbox in a matter of you know a tenth of a second. Right. And actually, the newest feature they added, Priority Inbox, helps them clean up that desk too because if they click on Priority Inbox... Using that algorithm they have, they they monitor who you would actually consider a priority email, and they give you a, a minimize button out next to it. So now you have important and unread, you have starred, and then you have everything else. 
And you could actually minimize all three of those and it cleans your desktop up completely. So, you know, if they, if they don't like the archiving because they feel like it's really deleting it or whatever, it just gives them another alternative. Now let's talk about one thing that I just brought up there and that we kind of glossed over earlier, and that's the uh, the 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 chat, the the G Talk chat. That's part of the default Google Apps package. It's one of the things you can put out there. Uh, chat seems yeah. to scare people to death. Um, you know, I have in the notes there, danger, Will Robinson, danger, uh, because when you talk about students actually communicating with one another, that tends to freak people out. Um, I will say our school district is progressive in a lot of ways, but, but we have chat turned on and it's there and, and, uh, and our students use it and our teachers use it to converse with students and, uh, the counselor no longer has to get on the intercom and say, Bob Johnson, come see me after school. They just send a chat message and they get it and, and, and that's a, a really cool tool there. And in fact, our, our, uh, principals and superintendents have installed the GTalk apps on their phone so that, uh, if people need to contact them, they do it right there from their, their inbox. Uh, well, and I get tech requests at you know eight o'clock saturday night over right. gtalk you know and uh, uh of course i'm not going to spend a lot of time on somebody's request but you know somebody has a quick question to ask me and i'm not doing anything else sure i'll, I'll answer them so right. yeah so do you guys use that in any way yeah uh, i thought mike was going to answer absolutely <laughs> continually. yeah continually I, I don't know it was my can you hear me yes yeah, I use it all the time. I'm on it right now with one of our teachers. <laughs> yeah, and, and that is, like you said, that's continual. It's the 24-7 connection. Now, you know, also, and you've seen it over on the Gmail side, and they're about to add it to the app side where they bring in Google Voice, and they can actually make phone calls directly outside of that chat box now because it'll say, make a phone call. Right. And we've activated it inside of our, our Gmail accounts to play with it, and we actually love it. We, we already had what used to be called Grand Central. Now it's um, Google Voice, Google Voice. Uh, phone numbers. So we've got those, and it ties it in straight into our account. Now, um, what we did find, though, is it it actually helped a lot in the traffic area because we had a bunch of teachers running um, AOL Instant Messenger, and AOL Instant Messenger was a bandwidth hog. It had all kinds of spamware crud running with smiley face things to install, and <laughs> and they didn't have to do that anymore. So now they're able to send, the, like you say, go back and forth, the, you know, check, make sure the nurse is down in her office before they send a kid down there, that kind of stuff. So they do utilize it. Now, even if you were to turn that off, inside the docks, the kids can chat inside there. Right. So, you know, and if you turn that off, they're going to find another way. Right. And we've all so seen that on our networks. There's a Google Doc out there on, or excuse me, a Word document out there on the public share uh, entitled, Billy Open This. And they're having a chat conversation in a Word document out on your network. Kids know how to communicate with each other. They're going to do it. Uh, and That's right. I prefer that they do it in a way well, that is. Go ahead, Mike. I'm sorry. Communication is producing anxiety. Uh, just think about the. Uh the call phone feature that's coming out now. I mean, it's kind of what we're talking about with the Google Voice and the Grand Central Station conversion. Teachers can make uh, calls pretty much anywhere in the United States and Canada free of charge with no record whatsoever uh, existing inside of your system as far as I've been able to determine. So it, it, communications is, is something to be it, it's desirable, and you have to have trustworthy staff. And you just have to let go of some of the anxiety about that, which sounds like you all have done. And it just opens up so much for teachers. Well, we're working on doing it. I'll put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, it it's like been pretty successful. 
the kids chat inside of documents and not trying to pull all that stuff down as many directors do. Um, it's you're doing very very well. Should I mention names? <laughs> I need to get one at least because yeah. we're because of the panel discussion we're trying to put together. But yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that separate from the podcast. We, we yeah. call that. Okay, we'll do that. We call that personality the tech Nazi. He's he's the guy who is in charge of his domain, and if you piss him off, he says, "No tech for you. Come yeah. back two years." Um, and you sign the network. You, you'll get that. And and you know we. I think you guys. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Mike. That would be the dictator of technology. Right. Yeah, instead of director. I think uh, I think you guys uh, sort of uh, are on, along the same lines as we are, and that's probably why we invited you on the show. Is this isn't my network? I didn't pay for it. I don't own it. It's the taxpayers of this district who who put the uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars into technology. I'm just the guy they hired to watch it. I work for them. You know, it's not my network. You're 100% on target. And if if I tick them off, they'll fire me. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand the guy who thinks that he can talk badly to his users. They're your boss. But anyway, that's for another show. Well, I know of several networks where the administration is actually afraid because they know that it would be a total makeover of their network should they fire their network, or their director or dictator of technology. I know of several, and I'm sure you do too. Uh, so I, I wanted to talk just – I'm not going to uh, go into great detail because we're, we're already kind of going long here. Uh, but I wanted to talk about – we mentioned the, that there has a word processor and a spreadsheet and the drawing tablet uh, uh, functionality in the presentation. I just wanted to give a quick hit and miss about each one of those things. The word processor um, for your basic tasks, for you know writing letters to grandma, doing research papers, uh, it has everything you're going to need. If you're a heavy-duty writer who depends on automatic uh, table of Contents creation and things like that, yeah, it's it's not going to work. Like you know, that. it's it's not going to be good for you. It's it's a general purpose tool. Um, right, but you can post straight to your blog from there now too. Though. Exactly, it has lots. Of, it can import lots of different file formats and output lots of uh, output export lots of different form, file <laughs> formats. That's another thing that people seem to be afraid of when they when we talk about giving everything to Google. Right? What if they decide to shut down overnight? Um, well, you know, it's possible that they might do that. But what happened to you guys? Right? Your superintendent said, "I want a, a new mail system tomorrow," and you did. So if Google pulls the plug, you could do the same thing. Uh, but also, Google is very committed to making things exportable and so pretty much everything can be exported into uh, off of their system um, and the things that can't be they're working on that they actually have a, a subgroup inside themselves called the data liberation front yeah portability is number one and that that was what we discussed that uh, when staff said well you know now you're making us change email what's to say you're not gonna make us change again I said well I can tell you for sure even if we do change again it all goes with you you know right. it's our domain it's your content. They're not holding it hostage. When TCEA made the switch from an uh, internal exchange server to Google Apps, uh, he said it was it was pretty painless because they pretty much did everything for them. They pulled all the data right off Exchange, did the conversion, and they were up and running. So yeah, I did that. I they, they make it. I migrated uh, about 120 users, uh, uh, but at that point we weren't having giving students mail, just staff. And uh, it happened overnight. I, I set up the little thing and clicked the go button, and the next morning, everybody's mail and all their stuff was was already there. And then I had to go back and grab their address books. But again, I was able to export from our old system to the new system, and, and done. Well, and uh, let, let's not forget too that you know Google's a big ship. 
and you don't just turn it on a dime. So, uh, if they were to go bankrupt, it's not going to happen tomorrow. Uh, it, it's going to happen, you know, years from now and you're going to see it coming and you certainly are going to have, uh, 24 hours to get your stuff off of there if you had to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So going back down the, uh, the list of, of features, it's got a spreadsheet, which is a very full featured spreadsheet. Uh, I think that's probably the thing that Google spends the most time on. Um, the only real complaint about that is sometimes it can be pretty slow if you're doing really complex calculations, uh, cause it has to send that stuff back to the server. But, uh, for the most part, it's, uh, very functional. Uh, the drawing tool is, is very, um, template publisher-ish. Um, I like it a lot. It's great for, you know, it, it just dropping a piece of clip art in and uh, going to town with it. Um, the presentation tool sucks. Um, there's just no, very little good about it, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, but there are other things out there. We use a, t- a tool called Slide Rocket that we'll talk about later that is uh, a really awesome presentation tool. And we've already talked about forms where you can create surveys and even make tests out of it. Um, so that's just my rundown. And the calendar, um, the calendar, if, if you're an administrator type person... Real quick? I'm sorry? Uh, let me insert something real quick. Yeah, okay. I, I, I agree the presentation is weak, but what my staff really likes about it is the fact that once they embed that presentation in their blog, which with their kids, when they put something on their blog, they're not going for all the the showboat stuff anyway. They're there to get the information out to the parents and to kids that are reviewing. So once they embed it there, they like the fact that they can edit in the back end and it just automatically changes on their blog. So they don't have to re-upload a file. So That's true of everything. Uh, you can, all the newest stuff, the, when you upload your stuff now, since the latest update, you upload your files, it does a really nice job of conversion. We're used to it would mess up with the formatting really bad. I haven't seen it as much the past couple of months. Yeah. I, I'm just, uh, listeners, there's a, there's a big lag here, so I'm not being rude and they're not being rude. We're just, there's about a, a two and a half second delay between the time we say something and the time we hear it, so we're kind of stepping on each other. Um, but yeah, uh, what you were saying about the, the change it on the back end and it's published on the front end is true about everything. If you publish a spreadsheet and you make a change, that becomes effective immediately. And you can insert, uh, 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 a word processor document into a web page and it does the same thing. Um, and that's, uh, and the calendar is great. Uh, we, uh, recently had, uh, our, the lady in charge of food services here say we, we don't like the way we're doing calendars, uh, uh, lunch calendars right now. We're looking for a better way. What do you recommend? And we said, put a Google doc out there. You edit it and it's immediately published. And if you run out of fish sticks tomorrow and you know you're not going to do it, you can update it immediately and the kids know. And, uh, that's a, uh, that real timeness of it is a, is a real selling point in a lot of ways. Right. Well, and uh, speaking of cafeteria, I'm working on getting them set up right now to where they can, uh, it's, uh, well, through a Google form, but uh, where they can take attendance numbers and the cafeteria can get Real, lunch count. Yeah, real time lunch counts. Uh, so it's a, it's a great thing where they can just pull it up and see and they know exactly how many students they're going to have there for lunch. And, uh, before they were having to, you know, call it into the office and the, you know, it was just this big ordeal to get, uh, try to get an accurate lunch count. So, uh, just some amazing and we actually uses. We use Google Forms now in our district for vehicle requests because they didn't want to spend the money to do the, some other program. So we do it for free with Google Forms and it sends the, director of uh, transportation an email saying there's a request added and it also sends it a copy of that request back to the person that submitted it so they both have evidence of the submission that's how we do our maintenance tickets 
Uh, if you're, you know, if you got a hole in your roof, you, you fill out a Google form and our maintenance man comes and looks at it. Same, same sort of thing. Yeah. Saving a lot of money. Uh, one thing, and I think we're backtracking a little bit, but I want to throw in there is we haven't really touched on, uh, the, uh, update history. In, in oh, the, the real time revision history. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when you're editing a document, one of the, one of the things that, uh, teachers, again, the, the most common thing that we hear about is what about cheating? Uh, because they're used to the turn it in model. And how is the student going to hand in a Google doc? And the, the hand in model is you share it. And that, and there's no way to, to keep a kid from editing a document that he created and shared with you. But with that revision history, you simply go to file revision history. You can see every change, every, uh, character typed and when it had. So if the assignment was due at 9 a.m. Monday morning, you roll back to 9 a.m. Monday morning, and all the revisions done since then disappear. And, and it's pretty cool because you can see if at 8.58, all of a sudden in that two minutes, they type 10 pages worth of essay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and there might be a little copying and pasting going on in that situation. There you go. Yep. And, uh, and there's, there's really no possibility of, of other students messing with you either. That's another, uh, question. If, if, uh, like the way we do it, we have a, a shared class folder and the students put everything in there. And so they all have access to each other's documents that way. But again, you have by username every change that was made and you can simply disallow everything that that student didn't do. Yep. Absolutely. What else did we forget, John? Uh, well, that was the that was the one that was really coming to mind. I wanted us to make sure we slipped that in. Um, you guys have any uh, other things that we hadn't covered? Uh, um, and we were we've been had you guys on the line for a while now, and I want to respect your time, but uh, I don't want to cut you off either. So, uh, um, what 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 have we overlooked? Oh, I appreciate. I wouldn't say you've overlooked anything. You've done an excellent job of reviewing the product. Uh, I appreciate the time here uh, with you. I appreciate the invite to be on the show. Absolutely. I can tell you my teachers would probably revolt if I told them we were moving away from Google Apps because of how much they rely on it now to get their content out there to share with the, the parents and the kids because it's it's just that valuable a tool these days. And, you know, the, the uptime is all the time. Right. And they really enjoy that. They, didn't, they never have to complain about, I can't get to my calendar or my email or whatever. They're there. Now, here's an interesting thing um, just for the administrators out there, uh, and I knew this was going to be a problem. I, we, I saw it coming, uh, but when we rolled out Google Docs this year, we immediately saturated our available bandwidth, and I had to buy more bandwidth. And I already had uh, plans in, in place to do that, but uh, as you know, rolling out things like that uh, takes time. And so that's a, that's an issue. If you're a, a little uh, district out there with, a, you know, a, a, a 1.5 meg T1 line, you're not going to be able to support 600 users on that, uh, most likely. Uh, some of the things, uh, the, the interactivity, and particularly when you get into the, uh, the, ancillary tools like slide rocket we mentioned and, and aviary that we mentioned those files and those interactions can get pretty big so um, you know we we talk about this from the tightwad standpoint it's it's a free product but you may have to take the money you saved and spend it on bandwidth personally i don't see that as a bad thing ever but you do have to keep that in mind did you guys experience yep. anything like that? I know you guys have, what, was it a 100 gigabit pipe running into your toilet or something? You guys are just swimming <laughs> in bandwidth. But uh, yeah. well, did, did you notice anything well, like we that? Do, and we, we do, and we need more. Uh, you know, we have our bottlenecks. Every network's got a bottleneck somewhere. Uh, this uh, is not 
the amount of mail traffic we have is not significant compared to the other things our teachers do. Uh, we are video consumers and podcasts, and if I were going to make a bumper sticker for that, I'd say buy bandwidth, not servers. I agree. You know, if the district's on a limited budget, we would uh, definitely, uh, you get more resources per unit bandwidth than anything else you can buy, including the computers. It's just bandwidth is is everything as far as I'm concerned. So having said that, um, you talk you mentioned the the uptime. You know, Google's business is predicated on uptime. For every second they are down, they're losing millions, maybe billions of dollars. Um, that's not the case with me. If one of my servers goes down, people get mad at me and I try to fix it, but it's not mission critical. And, and in my particular network, I'm one guy who knows how to work on the servers. And, and if they go down, it's, you know, one guy spending however much time with it. If a Google server goes down, it's a team of the smartest people on the planet working at light speed around the clock to get that back up. Well, and there's thousands exactly. of backup servers that it's going to automatically switch to anyways. So we would never see the downtime. Yeah, it has happened. Google was down for like 15 minutes last summer, and uh, yep. the Twitterverse, you'd have thought that the world exploded. Uh, they all went crazy, but it was literally 15 minutes, and uh, who can't live without mail for 15 minutes? Everybody on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> That's an eternity, 15 minutes. Talking about. For the Twitch speed now, generation, it is. Really- I'm sorry, go ahead, Scott. I said, if Twitter goes down, we really are in trouble. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. I've seen the fail whale a few times in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I got to where I almost miss him lately. All right, guys. Well, we're going to thank you for your time and and say goodbye at this point. You've been uh, a great guest. You've been entertaining and informative, and that's all we could ask for. Uh, So uh, we appreciate it, and and, uh, we'll see you out there. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Enjoyed it. So that, again, was uh, Mike Grass and Scott Floyd of White Oak uh, Independent School District in White Oak, Texas. Um, You're not going to find, I think, two more progressive guys in education. Right. And they have leadership that uh, backs them up 100%. And, and no, I'm going to say pushes them from behind 100%. When your superintendent yeah. says, I want a new mail system tomorrow, that's pretty progressive. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're fortunate to have a lot of that here as well. Uh, maybe we we push a little more, but we've got uh, leadership that's certainly receptive. That's probably a topic for another podcast someday. Is yeah. <laughs> turning your leadership around the the importance of leadership, right? Uh, so there's a look, uh, an introduction to Google Apps, and I don't think that we have any listeners. You know, our audience is not going to be the type of people who've never heard of Google Apps, but maybe they'd never considered the ramifications of it uh, inside their school district. And and again, the the huge uh, capacity to to do more with less. I mean, Google is sort of the the poster child for doing more with less. Well, and uh, I even said uh, what. A year and a half now, the first SOSCON, the first uh, convention we had here at our school district, uh, those guys presented on it and it was, it was interesting. It was, it was a good presentation, but even then we still didn't, you can't possibly fully get it until you're on it. So, Hey, it's, it's a free thing for you to get out there. I mean, 
go grab it, go get it, do like we did. Uh, we set it up and it was just me and Mark for uh, at least, I think maybe a month or so. Right. And then we added two or three teachers at a time. Right. So, uh, it, you're not going to hurt anything by setting it up. Go give it a shot and, and kick the tires. And I, I think you're going to be amazed at uh, what you can do with it. And Google makes it really easy to run in parallel. They understand that, uh, pr- their primary model businesses move slowly. And so, yeah, for six or eight months, we ran two mail servers, our internal mail server and our our Gmail mail server, our Google Apps mail server, right. and they ran side by side, and, and the outside world didn't know the difference, and the inside world didn't know the difference. It was just you went to a different website to check your mail. Yeah, and we had a uh, a group of beta tester teachers uh, set up on it, and uh, we operated on it for several months. And and that was that was interesting. Uh, with a lot of things, uh, what you hope for is for something to go viral, and uh, and we would had we had the situation where we had teachers stopping us in the hall saying, "Hey, I want that Google thing. I saw what Kevin had, and I want that. Can yeah. you set me up on that?" Yeah, it was pretty neat to see. Is uh, uh, they uh, teachers saw how this other teacher had some functionality that they didn't have and they wanted it right so uh, yeah that definitely helped uh, with the adoption rate and uh, as i've mentioned before we our district is a, is pretty much a one-to-one district and so some of the things things that we talk about with like multi uh, editing of simultaneous editing of a document clearly you need multiple computers to do that but it would also be a great exercise that you could take into the lab like this english teacher we mentioned um instead of having their discussion in the classroom why not go in the lab and have this uh discussion orally and the back channel and the great thing about that is the back channel is then archived and they can go back and review it later and yeah. uh, and you don't get that in a classroom discussion. Um, as good as classroom discussions can be, they're they're th- they're ethereal. Once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah, and if you want to uh, think about uh, how a teacher might track classroom participation, well, there's uh, in a written format. Uh, you know, how these kids are participating. And from what we saw, I think those kids were participating at a much higher rate than they would have if they were just thrown together in a circle and asked to discuss it. They're absolutely engaged. You're absolutely right. We yeah. have a couple of student workers uh, who work for us here at the school, just uh, guys who needed a place to be for an hour because their schedule didn't fit. And the first thing they do when they walk in the door is say, hey, can I check my email real quick? Uh, yeah. they're, they're engaged, right? They're, this is a medium that speaks to them. And, uh, and, and we will uh, every secretary at every school in the country has been handed a piece of paper and said, make 50 copies of this and put it in the teacher's mailboxes. And we're on a crusade to make that not happen anymore. Right. And, and it's we're getting there. We're, like I said, we just rolled that out this year, so we're only uh, six weeks into it. But it's happening. Well, just last night, we got an email, or, or two nights ago, an email came out from the high school principal. Um, here's a document that I want you all to look at. It didn't get printed and put in the mailboxes. And then a yeah. teacher wanted to track uh, some of our homecoming activities. You know, we, I think every school does this. You have your crazy hat day and your dress-up day, and you want to track the students that participate. She created a Google Doc, and all the teachers just went in there and said, first period, I had 15 seniors who wore a stupid hat. Right. And, um, and that's the sort of stuff where instead of collating pieces of paper and annotating and, and calculating, she just made a Google Doc and that all happened. Well, and another beautiful thing is it's it's always there. So, I mean, uh, you get that and let's say uh, uh, you get your Google Doc with those stats and uh, you look at it and okay, great, and then you don't look at it again. But next year, that doc comes out and you're like, oh, I wonder how that looks you know, compared to last year, you can actually go back and look at it because Absolutely. it's still there. Uh, and you'll be able to search it using Google search. And, uh, so, uh, you know, there's, 
there's functionality there that you don't even think of until after the fact. Uh, so it's pretty amazing. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap that up there. Um, uh, I think we had a, a maximum um, participation online of four people uh, in our Ustream chat, but that's okay. Right. This is our very first time. Uh, so uh, uh, look forward to that. We're going to be doing this uh, as often as we can, hopefully every episode. But uh, since we're at this point not really on a set schedule and, and often our schedule is determined by our guests, this one was in particular, I said, hey guys, we'd like to do this. When's good for you? And they said tomorrow. And we said, okay, we'll make, we'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, you know, when, when we're not in charge of the content uh, uh, entirely, uh, that is an issue. But we'll, we'll tweet things out and we'll put them on our Facebook page uh, as, as soon as we know. And so that means that you need to join us on our social networks at uh, facebook.com slash the tightwad tech and facebook. Uh, or I just said that one. Yeah, and twitter.com slash the tightwad tech. And of course, the tightwadtech.com where it all comes together. Um, so having said that, we'll move on to our regularly scheduled tips of the week. Yes. And I'm going to start with our tech tip. And this is for the hardcore tech weenies out there. I mean, if you... Oh, this is a great one, If you're the guy who makes other techs look like wimps, all right? If you're the guy with the pocket protector, if you're bandana guy, this is for you. Right. Okay? If you have a neck beard, this is for you. You you don't have a neck beard. I don't have a neck beard. (laughs) Um, But uh, this is called Multi-Boot USB from the guys over at pendrivelinux.com. And uh, I've mentioned on this show before and got derided about it that I carry uh, at any one point in time three or four different USB pen drives on me. I have my Spenrite, thank you Steve Gibson, drive that I carry with me. I have my Ultimate Boot CD drive that I carry with me. I have... um, Ubuntu, uh, probably. I have an Ubuntu live, (laughs) thank you, uh, distribution that I carry with me. Well, the the folks at Pendrive Linux apparently are a bunch of neckbeards who do this sort of stuff too, and they thought, wouldn't it be cool if we could just put everything all on one drive and then choose which OS to boot? So they built essentially a very small Linux distribution that does that. So you put this on your drive and you load as many uh, boot environments as you want. You put that thing in there, it boots up, and it says, here's all the stuff that's on your disk, uh, on your drive, what do you want to boot from? And so you buy one monster 16, 32, 64 gig drive, put all your stuff on that. As Mark Twain said, put all your eggs in one basket and watch that basket. So that's what you can do. That's what Pendrive Linux allows you to do. You can put everything in one basket and then put that on your keychain and protect it with your life. Yeah, so it just it really cuts down on on you know the things that you've got to carry or have on your keychain or whatever. But uh, yeah, we both have been that guy that has to carry around three, four, five different USB sticks. And uh, uh, so when you told me about this, I was like, wow, that, right. that's great. So. That's, a, that's a serious tool for serious geeks. Uh, so, again, pendrivelinux.com, uh, and then you can find uh, the link there or at thetightwadtech.com. I'll put it uh, in our show notes. All right. Well, I guess I'll uh, jump in here with the teacher tip of the week. And uh, I chose this one because uh, basically the show content is appropriate. I don't know that this is going to necessarily be a uh, revelation to anybody out there. But uh, teacher tip of the week this week is Google Scholar. And uh, you can find that at scholar.google.com. And uh, what Google Scholar does is uh, it's basically just a repository of uh, research papers, articles, thesis, uh, legal, legal uh 
opinions and uh, decisions and uh, but basically just your hardcore it's a place to go for your hardcore research uh but you're going to get stuff from uh uh you know the the mighty men of uh, of uh, you know the, the brainiacs out there really uh, right and it's it you know it's a subset of google search all of that stuff could be found just by going to Google and typing, right. but you're going to have to weed through all the, you know, Lady Gaga references while you're at it. Yeah. And so Google Scholar is a stripped down subset of just the, the good stuff. Right. And they, and they do, uh, make some effort to make sure that, you know, these are actually published works and, uh, you're not just getting some guy's blog, uh, that's, uh, you know, writing about, you know, 18th century artists or something. Uh, so, uh, it, it definitely geared more towards that uh there's uh it's got some advanced search options that are really uh really pretty neat and um uh let's see uh oh relevance too i think is a real important thing to mention there's google like they do with really all their search results but uh they do rank results in google scholar by relevance so uh you know you're not going to get just this throw up of you know anybody and everybody talking about 18th century artists you're going to get things that are relevant to what your search was so uh, i won't go into too much more detail than that you can find out about it it's scholar.google.com and uh, there's a faq uh, that i encourage that you read it uh, tells you a lot more about the functionality so that's All right. It. Yeah. And so that's going to wrap up this episode of the Taiwad Tech. Uh, again, we encourage you to find us online and participate in our, our fledgling community. Uh, our last episode was about BuddyPress and all of its features, and, and that got a few people uh, out there and active and engaged, and we're seeing forum posts and we're seeing that sort of thing. Uh, and that uh, quote I, I had a few episodes ago where it's like nuclear fission, you keep adding energy until it explodes. Uh, we're looking for the explosion, and, and we're hoping uh, for good things. And so that's... Uh, that's why we're now broadcasting live and, and why you can, uh, we're, we're putting everything we can, uh, into our website. So, uh, find us there, thetaiwadtech.com. And, uh, uh, yeah. we're in the chat room most days. You know, we leave it up while we're working. So if, uh, if you want to contact us and you have a question, uh, we're, uh, we're happy to help when we can. Well, and, and, uh, again, with the chat, uh, with us broadcasting live now is it's we're also offering you up uh, an opportunity to actually participate in the show uh so uh we we'd love to see that get going of course this week we didn't have really that much time to get it out there but yeah we decided to broadcast this about a half hour before we went live yeah so it was hey you know what let's do a stream. And so, yeah, that's, that's the way the Taiwan Tech does things, but that's how we roll. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Just, hey, let's do it. And hey, kudos to you because you set that up really quick and it, uh, it looks great. All right. And so, uh, I guess that's it for this week. And so, uh, once again, this is Mark saying go Cowboys and Sean still just signing off. <laughs>